Set your phasers to sexy Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of True North Nerd. Yay! This week, because there was new stuff because of, you know, COVID, we uh, decided to dip into the long box of doom. Spooky. But before then, we have Ryan. Oh, yes, that's me. We have Kevin. That is is me and we have jen hi and hi jen hi ryan <laughs> we were exchanging oh. funny emojis and, and gifs while we waited for the phone chat to start hmm. yep <laughs> so just a little bit of uh of housekeeping slash announcements uh, this episode is episode 99 <gasps> oh it is this yeah, is the yeah, great yeah. one this is the greatest episode <laughs> I'm sure some hockey fan out there laughed. Just I got little. that. I got that reference. I chortled. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a laugh. I'm just stating a fact. Stating which, a fact. <laughs> which means the next episode is episode 100. Ooh. With confetti. And- and showgirls and whiskey. And we still like each other after a hundred episodes. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm. A, it's actually so. We are doing a different episode for episode 100. We're going to have a bunch of guests on, most of which we recorded. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. The excitement got to my throat. Um. But uh, it it is starting to look like episode 100 might be a two-parter. Ooh. So, so well, oh, if, we wanna keep it, if we want to keep it down to a reasonable file size, it's, ah. it might be a two-parter. Because the uh, I've done uh, one, two, three, four interviews so far with the potential fifth on the way. And each of the interviews has lasted at least 20 minutes to half an hour. Wow. <laughs> now, even with some editing, like some of them would be knocked down a little bit. But we're beyond that. You know, we're we're going to have uh, when we actually record our bit for the show, we are going to have maybe one or two people uh, with us on the call. So oh, we're going to be on this episode, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's our show, Jen. Uh, I know, but I was like, with all of the, the recordings that Brent's been doing, I just assumed that we weren't going to be on it. <laughs> it was just going to be a greatest, uh, best of clips show. People saying yeah. how nice we are. Um, uh, uh, one person, I'm not going to mention who, uh, <laughs> did say that they want to be on the show with everybody at some point, and so I'm going to have to try and make that happen. Oh, that's exciting. 
Uh, it might not be as exciting as you think it is. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah. Well, first, so, my bubble, Brent. <laughs> that's Brent. But it, it's it's a it, it's a couple of people from our past. A couple of people I've been wanting to get on who have been supportive of this podcast, even though they haven't been on the show itself. And uh, you know, some of some of our close friends are also going to be appearing. So, did we get the Rock? Not yet. I keep tweeting at him, and he keeps ignoring me. Offer <laughs> him whisk your tequila. I uh, I even upped the ante. And said that if uh, if he were to come on or even do a pre-recorded message, we would make sure to promote his tequila and a charity of his choice for every episode for an entire year. Wow. <laughs> now, now I it's I'm not saying The Rock is a shitty person for ignoring us. <laughs> Chances are he has just missed our tweets. In the millions of tweets he must get every well, you day. you know, he's a little bit busy being the rock. the rock. We kind of don't TikTok. exist in his universe. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I, if he does somehow respond at some point, I will honor that deal. That's awesome. Well, I, I figure <laughs> it's, it's only fair. And also gives back to a charity of his choice. So Right. So if you are one of the the at least couple hundred listeners that we have, uh, feel free to tweet at The Rock and tell him to do our show. <laughs> or at least respond to our tweet. Mm-hmm. That that would I would also do that. I, I would read The Rock's tweet for our show. <laughs> wow. I, I'm curious. I'm curious. If, I'm curious if we know somebody who could do a good rock impression that we could get to read the tweet if he ever did. So, oh, I'm sure we could find someone. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. That's what's been taking up a majority of my nights the last two weeks. But, you you want to know what? Want to know what takes up my the majority of my nights the last two weeks? Napping. Falling asleep on the couch. Ooh. <laughs> And and then and then not sleeping. Okay. It is <laughs> okay. Speaking of Ryan, Hi. Uh, <laughs> what's in the news this week? Stuff. Go not for a lot it, of Ryan. stuff, but I got some stuff. Make it one hundred. You keep this. B- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Episode one hundred is one of us voting the other off the show. Uh, oh, I like can it. use everything, so I can vote you all off. <laughs> Edit me out of every episode. There'll be a big hole in the episode. <laughs> Who's going to be reading the news? You'll just be reacting to stuff that nobody knows what you're reacting to. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. Do we have news? Yes, we do. Oh, good. Uh, okay, so... Um, ooh. So remember that... Uh, the uh, uh, the spinoff Suicide Squad uh, spinoff movie with John uh, sorry series uh, with John Cena Peacemaker yes Peacemaker so we've got our first hero cast on it ooh and it, uh, it the the character is a vigilante Adrian Chase oh to be played by uh, an actor named Chris Conrad. Now that's the that's the vigilante from the eighties, is it not, Kevin? The one that Marv Wolfman created. Yeah, he did the t- Teen Titans back in the eighties when that was the hottest book on the market. Mm-hmm. And at, is this the is that the same 
character that appeared in Arrowverse uh, last season or the season before? No idea. I think so. Yeah, I do I, remember a vigilante. I don't. I have no idea what the guy is. He's a district attorney. What his name was? Um. The, yeah, he's a district attorney, and by day and vigilante by night. He's sort of a Punisher esque type. Looks like he's wearing ski goggles. Yes, and a very eighties uh, striped color scheme. Hmm. Still, that's cool and kind of makes sense given the, uh, the John Cena's character, like because it's a it's a similar type of character as well, or at least it was in the nineties. Yeah, so, pretty much. So that's cool. Yeah, yep. it's a, good to see that show's rolling around along. Like the, the, it's continuing to get a little bit of steam going. Mm-hmm. And and that show is going to end up on HBO Max in the states. I assume. I believe so. Yes. Uh, oh, we got the trailer for probably what we'll be talking about next episode: the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Yay! I assume we all watched it. The I'm trailer. super looking forward to that. It looks. It's so very cute. cute. Yeah. And, and there it's. It looks like they got James Earl Jones to do Darth Vader's voice. It does. And it looks it also looks like it merges all of the uh, Star Wars timelines together, so original yes. flavor prequel and sequel. Oh yeah. And Mandalorian well, and well, at least yeah. a, at least a drive-by on the Mandalorian, yeah. Oh, there's a baby Yoda, that's all you need, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, in that scene the uh, Ray and Vader are fighting in while well, they're falling through the sky and look down and see a baby Yoda and they're both like, yeah. oh, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be quite a few uh, good moments in that. Should be fun. Yeah, we should do a watch party. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely cover it, but... Episode 100, like I said, is getting a little packed. Well, we can always talk about it the episode after that. Yeah. Um, oh, here you go. This one's for, for Brent. Uh, Freakazoid is returning and will be appearing in an episode of Teen Titans Go! Freakazoid for you t- younger children, younger uh, audience members out there was a 90s the DC well was a DC character or a Warner Brothers character? See, actually a DC character? No, no, it's a it's a Warner Brothers character. Oh yeah, so it was a Warner Brothers cartoon in the 90s that is going to be now crossing over with Hunter Teen Titans Go. Hmm. Uh, if he's going to show up any place, Teen Titans Go makes the most sense. Yeah, he would really fit into that. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically it, what Teen Titans Go is. <laughs> yeah, very very similar theme to the the comedy involved. Yeah, I quite enjoyed Freakazoid when it was on back in the nineties. Me too. I remember well, enjoying it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it other than the theme song. He he, he went, got sucked into the internet, didn't he? Yeah, and that's how he got his powers. Powers. <laughs> and uh, I know one of his main villains was a bad guy called the Lobe. Who was uh, played by David this. Warner? Yes. So it's a yeah. yeah. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm, I, I like how all those Spielberg Warner Brothers cartoons are getting a little bit of a renaissance because we've got uh, Animaniacs over at Hulu. Tiny Toons seems to be being worked on for, uh, is it HBO Max? I believe it is. Yeah, and, and now Freakazoid is popping up on Teen Titans Go. I don't, I, I guess that only leaves, what was that, that history one they did at the tail Hysteria. end of all those? Hysteria, that would be the only one left. Yeah, and nobody I don't remember that, that one at all. Uh, it was only made because, um, because in the mid-90s, the U.S. government passed a an educational television for children act. And, oh. um, yeah, so it fit the uh, history curriculum for most of the country. So that's why it was created. It's not, it wasn't a bad show, though. No, it wasn't a bad show, but it was no Animaniacs. No, definitely not. I don't know. I learned a lot about American history just by watching uh, like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen any of the new Looney Tunes cartoons? The ones that they made a th- they made a thousand new Looney Tunes cartoons, or they are in the process of making up to a thousand new ones that are going on HBO Max, but they're being shown on Teletoon. And if you have um, uh, Rogers on demand, you can watch some of them. Uh, and I watched I watched this Tweety and Sylvester cartoon the other day, and it was quite enjoyable. It was modern yet classic. It was quite fun to watch. Uh, I haven't yet. I, I know they're out there, and I I love Looney Tunes. That's I love like I love Looney Tunes way more than I ever did Disney. I I mm-hmm. don't know if it's because I saw it more at the right <coughs> age, but like it, Jen's gotten me over the years a couple Blu-ray sets of like the the classic stuff and going yep. through it, and like the. I haven't seen the new one, but the iteration before that wasn't bad either. The sitcomy one where like yeah, uh, ro- kinda. roommates. Yeah. D- Bugs and Daffy were roommates. Mm. I, I want to say Porky either lived by- nearby or in the same house as well. But uh, yeah, that's uh, so cool. More Freakazoid with the Teen Titans. That should be wacky. <laughs> Uh, okay, so wrestling fans, uh, if you're like Brent and I, you saw the announcement this week. Uh, AEW has announced that they've got a new gaming division, AEW Games. Uh, and then they went ahead and announced uh, three upcoming games, two mobile games and a console game for the wrestling fans out there. Uh, I'm fun. looking forward to see what, what happens with them. The, the Ukes is in charge of the console game. And they were behind the the best wrestling games ever made, as well as the best wrestling fighting game ever made, Def Jam Fight for New York, (laughs) where you could be Flava Flav and kick the shit out of Snoop Dogg. (laughs) It it was the most absurd game with, like, the best fighting mechanics in any arcade-style fighter. Like, and the, the roster of people... So, like, it's weird because they had some rappers were playing characters. Like, Snoop Dogg was a character called Crow, and, like, he did the voiceover and stuff. And then you had other rappers who were just themselves and and playable characters. 
And then you had like these oddball ones that were thrown in for no real apparent reason. Like Henry Rollins is in the game for some reason. Okay. He kicks ass. Well, he does. But it was just weird. Uh, Henry Rollins and uh, Carmen Electra is another one, which I guess she would have been like sort of in the zeitgeist at that point. But it's like, yeah. (laughs) It's just it was a little oddball, but the game itself was a shit ton of fun. Uh, My roommate and I at the time just played the crap out of that. And uh, you could make your own characters. So I, of course, made like a hip hop version of me, whereas uh, Chris went the opposite route and wanted to push the limits of how inhuman you could make a person in the game. Uh-huh. Like blue hair and red eyes, and you got uh, you got boosts from like getting bling for your character and stuff too. But the oh nice. Anyways, the fighting mechanics were were great in that game, so that's what interests me on that one. Is I just hope it's fun. Yeah, because it's been a while since it's been a good, easy to like, easy to play, hard to master, fun wrestling game. Yeah, and the and the last WWE game seems to have tanked that franchise for a while because it was yeah. so bad. It was, it was broken, pretty much. It came out broken. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, so here this is um, some news out of the out of the US. Uh, AMC Theater Chain is going to be making their theaters available for rental starting at a hundred oh ninety nine dollars US uh, for up to twenty people at a time. And then you can, I guess, you get to pick what movie you want to watch. Uh, if it's going to be a newer movie like Tenant, then it's going to cost more to rent the theater. It'll be more like uh, anywhere from 150 to uh, 350 depending on uh, where your theater is. So you know, location and newer movies will raise the prices. But you know, for 100 bucks, you can have 20 friends. You can go, you know, find one of the classic movies that you've never seen on the big screen, and maybe you know, go watch Ghostbusters. Go watch, you know, The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's that time of year. Uh, I watched that for Halloween. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) See? But, yeah, so they're doing that in the States. I guess they did it as a pilot project, and it worked out really well for them. They they had, uh, they uh, they made some money, and since they've announced that they were doing this, they had received four times the uh, theater rental requests than they had, like, like any previous year, uh, and like they they've lost a lot of money last quarter, obviously mm. being shut down. So yeah, they're looking to find some any kind of revenue streams that they can. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Cineplex does something or anything similar up here. I know they already had the offer that where you can rent out theaters, but uh, it was more than for a hundred dollars. The problem for me is getting 20 people together. I don't think I know that many people. Yeah, but it's up <laughs> to 20 people. If oh. you think about it, it's 100 bucks for the theater. You get five people together, and it's, you know, it's 20 bucks each. Or yeah. I could just, you know, have the whole theater to myself. There you go. Good. <laughs> just you and Brent <laughs> and popcorn. And, no, the, movie, and the movie Cats. There you go. Oh, I, I still want us to review that movie for the show. 
Rex, back it me up. It hasn't shown up on any of our streaming services yet, I don't <laughs> no, think. No, I don't think it has. No, not no, it it's not on any of them. No. I'm going to look it up. It is. It's on, it's on Crave. Is it on Crave? Yeah. Oh, we don't have Crave. That would be why I haven't spotted it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Oh, it's on. Oh, yeah. go ahead. It's on Crave <laughs> Plus, so I don't have it. It's, uh, I don't pay for Plus. It, part of my fees. Hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So the, uh, the, the, the ongoing saga of the Halo TV series, we have proof that it's actually being worked on. Ooh. Uh, we got our first look at the actor who has been, has been cast as Master Chief um, wearing a portion of the helmet on set. It's actually uh, just like the... It'll be interesting to see how the... They must have built it in pieces to put it, make it easier to put on and off instead of just one big helmet. But it's just like the, the front, like the jaw portion, that was like the front lower piece of the helmet. And he posted those posts... Uh, I guess photos posted of him wearing that. So uh, the show is still going on. Whether it's like, it seems like it's almost one of those shows that's like, you know, should have been made 10 years ago. But is Halo still an active franchise? Really? That's what I'm saying. It it is. It is. It It has been a little while. Yeah. It has a new game coming out. It was supposed to be released this week with the release of the uh, new Xbox uh, console, but they've pushed it back because it wasn't ready. And they decided to... They'd rather delay the game than put out a broken game. Got it. But, uh, so what's... You know, it's supposed to be the new kind of revitalization to the franchise. Uh, There's a new... We new new action figures are out right now, so the the merch is starting to come out, and so and the uh, the Nerf guns and the Nerf guns, which yeah. look really cool. But uh, so we'll see. They don't, I nowadays they should be able to make this show and make it look and look good. But what the scripts are like, well, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Mm. Uh, okay, so we all uh, speaking of things that look good and have good scripts. We've all seen uh, the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Yes. Yep. Episode two of season two, which was called Chapter 10. Yep. And uh, we got to see Kim's Convenience star, Paul Sung Hyung, appear as a, a New Republic X Wing pilot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole time I watched him, I'm like, I know that guy. Why do I yeah. know that guy? It's like, well, you know, it's like, because. <laughs> I recognize that I knew who it was. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who the other X Wing pilot was? Yeah, no, was, actually. It was Dave Filoni. No? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Was, of course uh, you saw that. I had, I didn't notice. I was I get I think the, the fact that the guy from Kim's Convenience totally took my focus off who the other <laughs> pilot was. I didn't say anything because I assumed that you would have already been like, Yeah, of course not. I know who that is. <laughs> Well, well so he's appeared as an X-wing pilot in the last season, right? So yes, yeah. and so when they showed up, I, I that's why I, at first I didn't realize that it was uh, that it was Paul uh, in the as the other X-wing. I saw was oh that's Filoni, and I just figured that was one of the other directors or somebody. I just didn't pay that much close of attention, and it wasn't until like afterwards when I started seeing all the posts about it, I was like, oh shit, that was him. <laughs> 
And now, did any of you see any of the articles? Like, read any of the articles about uh, how it went down and his experience on it and everything? No, I did. I, 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 I was, was reading about the Baby Yoda backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. I, I was just happy for him because, as you know, we uh, attend Toronto conventions, he's become sort of a regular fixture because, you know, Kim's convenience has grown in popularity, but even before that, he he he's one of us, really. Like oh, he yeah. has a he has a full Ghostbusters pack and suit that he put together himself. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was in an Imperial uh, officer's uniform. I believe he's either a five hundred first member or like a uh, uh, what do you call it? an honorary five hundred first member? Yeah. So you know he he was doing this for fun beforehand and it, and his fandom has been rewarded. Well, and that's part of the, when you, when you, like, I, I read the story, but then I actually watched an interview with him. And so he has a friend who was working on the show and he ran into her, I think when season one was coming out or at one point and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm working on this show and the Mandalorian. And he just kind of like stopped and was like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, she's like, oh yeah, you know, and oh, you know this, um, this Dave Filoni guy. Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. Say, like, oh, he's a big fan of your show. Like, he really likes Kim's Convenience, and he said he wants to write a part for you. And so he's kind of like, you know, mentally, you know, he's doing the whole, okay, yeah, somebody in Hollywood that says they want to, oh, they love you, and they want to write a part for you. So you got to kind of temper those expectations. But then at the same time, <laughs> he pulled his phone out and started showing his friend all of his different Star Wars cosplays that he has done and is working on. Apparently he has like six different ones that he was working on at the time. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. Did you read that? Apparently the costume he was wearing in the episode, there were some, there were some issues with it. Yes. And he told the costumer how to fix it because he'd made one of his own. Yes. Huh. <laughs> There's a, awesome. I guess a, a tube that needs to connect to the belt or something. And they, they, the the costume people couldn't figure it out. They were having trouble with it. So he was just like, well, um, excuse me. Um, I've uh, doing it the, the nicest way without trying to be like, let me show you how it's done. But he's like, I've got um, an extensive photo gallery on my phone of how this is built and how it goes together. Because I built one of these at home on my own. And When they did the, uh, the first costume testing for him. They didn't have his helmet yet because he got a you know, custom painted pilot helmet. Mm. So they brought one along for him to try on, and it was a like a screen used one. And mm. he says, as soon as they pulled it out of the box, he he they, out of the the container, he knew exactly which one it was. Yeah. And, and it was uh, Biggs Darklighter. Ooh, Biggs's yeah. helmet. So that's the one with the black and white checker pattern on it. Oh no, sorry, yellow nice. and black checker pattern pattern. Yeah. And uh, and he had he had a little he had a, he had a well he had a moment he had a break he said he put it on he started crying uh, because his, and he started telling you know, about being five years old and his father taking him and his sister to see Star Wars and mm. that was like a defining moment for him growing up and and now to be able to be, you know have someone you know the story you know, someone that looks like him in a Star Wars universe for yeah. future generations right so. Uh, Jason Liu, who is uh, the the artist behind the Pitiful Human Lizard comic, yes, he's already he's already made an action figure of him. Has he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. I know, 
I couldn't tell what scale it is. I'm pretty sure it's three and three quarter because he had an X-wing in in like the background of okay. the picture, and there's not a Black Series X-wing, right? So yeah, well, there's a big one, but yeah, it's too big. Anyway, yeah, you'll have to you'll have to share that link. I want to see that so we can try to make one of our own. I'm kind of curious where he <laughs> got the head from. I'm gonna dig into yeah. it a little bit more. But yeah, but, it's. I love it when you hear stories like that, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just because he he's an actor and fairly well known here, but at the same time, he's a huge fan of this, and he got to do it. Like I, I, I will straight out say that the one thing that I I would love to do is be some background character in Star Wars anything. Oh yeah. Like, it's just like and it doesn't I don't even have to be in a full costume or anything. Put me in a robe with a hood and like I can't just put me in enough of the shot that I can go, there I am, and yeah, I would just, be like fucking over the moon for you. Sit me in a shadow in the corner. Yep. So people oh. will spe- speculate on the internet of which Darth you are. Yeah, who I am Darth and what my character. Make a whole they'll make you know the internet make a whole backstory up and then the custom figures. And then eventually everybody gets an action figure, so yep. <laughs> you'd get one eventually. Uh next, Ryan. Uh okay, so staying with the Mandalorian, um, Jen brought it up. So I sent you guys episode, a link in the chat. I read it. I I looked at it earlier and uh so in the episode Baby Yoda is seen mowing down on a bunch of <laughs> these uh, frog lady eggs. Frog lady eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> which in the, in the episode, she even mentions how, you know, her species is going, you know, there's, there's not as many people left. They're going extinct. So there's been a big backlash from some fans that are upset that, you know, they're calling it genocide. They, you know, Using cute baby Yoda to you know to, say, to commit genocide, uh, that he shouldn't be eating these eggs. Um, I think he just makes him look like even more of a little bastard. I oh, think yeah, it was hilarious. Sure. <laughs> the whole and time now, I was watching it, that's what I kept thinking. Like, the article was saying like that they're um, unfertilized eggs, so it's like eating chicken eggs, like how we eat chicken eggs. Is him eating these frog eggs? And I mean, she does have a lot of them. So <laughs> now there somebody put out the theory that uh, in sensing that those uh, eggs might be in danger, that baby Yoda has taken them all and swallowed them. And in the next episode, when she needs them back, she will regurgitate them like Ala, like David Blaine. Oh, like yeah, like, no. <laughs> I, the way he was eyeballing them, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I just love that. I, I how like many how of those did you eat? His pocket. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, he's sitting on Mando's lap, looks back at them. She sees him. She holds it tighter. He turns away, pulls that one out of nowhere, and sucks it back again. I'm like, where'd you yes. even get? Like, how many did you have in, under that robe? Oh, it's so funny. I uh, think, the yeah. Razor Crest really needs a repair job off after that episode, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everybody just strap into the cockpit. We cannot leave this little tiny space until we get there. You better go to the bathroom before we leave, because I'm not turning this spaceship around. 
let me know if the door blows out and you all die. <laughs> Just kidding. We'd all be dead. I think everybody should be more upset by the fact that Mando's not feeding Baby Yoda enough than the fact that he's eating eggs. Because <laughs> clearly he's a growing boy and needs more food if he's eating all of these uh, baby frog eggs. Do you think we'll hear Baby Yoda's first words before the end of the season? I kind of hope not. I kind of like him being quiet. I it, uh, it sort of depends on what the overall series arc is for the show. Knowing Filoni, there's an end point. Like, yeah. I, I don't think this is an eight-season show necessarily. Like, I'm thinking this is four max. And See, what I was going to say five because since they only do like eight episodes a season, right? I was thinking well, like yeah, five. Five, maybe five, maybe six if, yeah. if you're talking about it like that. Yeah, maybe maybe seven if they keep you know people are still watching it. Oh, maybe they will do eight. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, he hit, he designed stories with an end. Yeah, and you know with Clone Wars, it took a while, but they got there. <laughs> like he had that end plan from the get-go he just didn't get a chance to do it rebels was limited as well he he knew where that story was going and it doesn't mean that kind of like kind of like those shows I, I very much see it at some point the mandalorian will end and then maybe one or two characters out of that will kind of get their own show or will be connected to another show well, so. there's already all the talk about there being spinoffs coming out of possibly oh, yeah. this season, right? So, but yeah, so tomorrow morning, new episode, yay! 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 Well, tomorrow morning of this recording. Yep. That's if the only tomorrow morning to I have. On, if you're listening to this on Monday, there's no episode tomorrow. Just ignore us. It was last season. <laughs> you can already watch it. You've already seen it. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got some news from uh, the Fantastic Beast Three. Mm. It's going to be delayed. Wow! But not because of COVID. What? Yeah. No, there is one being delayed because they have released Johnny Depp. Wow. Meh. Meh. Uh, I believe this is a, as a result of some of the stuff that's come out. In uh, the lawsuit with his ex-wife. Yeah. Um, well, no, it involves his ex-wife. It's a he he had filed suit against the British tabloid or two uh, for defamation. Basically, they they were saying that like you know he beat his wife and he's a drunk and he's an asshole and all this, and he lost that lawsuit. I guess he couldn't prove that they were. They were but he wasn't a drunk up. and an asshole. And how can you? Yeah. It, how can you fail at proving you're not an asshole? Well, if your ex-wife shows up and said and has proof that yeah. you are. Well, there's there's stuff against her as well. It's yeah. Uh, I'm not defending what he did by any stretch, but it it really sounds like the both of them were at least for me as an outsider, both of them were in a very toxic relationship that had abuse. Like pretty All severe, around. just weren't yeah. good together. Not good for each other. Yeah, like <laughs> she allegedly chopped off part of his finger. He threw wine bottles at her. Like there's <sighs> none of it is good. But as a result of him not winning 
that lawsuit, I guess if he had won, it proved that he wasn't a horrible person in this relationship <laughs> and he would have been kept on. But it sounds like it was sort of the, the last nail in the coffin. And now he's been let go from the part to which a lot of us said, eh. You know what? That second movie flew off the rail so badly and it like didn't mesh with the first one at all that it's like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. It's just, it was so weird. There's also been casting rumors that they're going to replace him with Mads Mikkelsen, which I'm like, oh, that's a that's a good good one. They usually have gotten him from the get go. I was going to say, can they just start over and like redo all three movies only with a cohesive plot? Let's see if they even bother filming this one, because the second one did fairly well, but not as well as the first. And now that we're in the era of movies during covid who who knows right like it's movie budgets and presentations for the next five years are going to have to be kind of carefully thought out yeah uh okay so these, we got uh, i only have two more pieces of news unless you guys got some stuff afterwards but uh, these ones are hot bit. hot off the presses just announced today uh we have a a, a date for one division yay and it's nowhere near the dates we speculated and hoped no. for. Yeah, we apologize. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> everything had been saying late 2020, even up until last week. Disney's yeah. own promotions was saying that. Yep. So now it is coming out on January 15th. Yay! Of 2021. Well, at least it means The Mandalorian will be done, and there won't Which be a Which is a Friday. Mm. So renew your Disney Plus member subscriptions everybody yeah uh that and then we also got uh an announcement uh, we will be getting a third season of the umbrella academy netflix has picked it up oh we still gotta watch season two i forgot about that show they're they're apparently like working uh like uh, i think they're already kind of at work on it i don't know if it's filming yet but they're definitely like there's movement going on with it which is good to see there's a lot of stuff sort of shooting in around toronto right now yep does that movie uh the man from toronto yep is that actually a movie it Uh, is starring uh, kevin Kevin hart Hart. kevin hart woody harrelson they they Uh, took over a uh a bus station station. or train station in uh, brampton yeah recently hey that's where i'm from yep Yay! I haven't been there in like 10, 20 years, but yay! Maybe not 20. That's a long time. I'm not that old. 10 I'm years. Sure you've driven through it. Yeah, I've driven through it. There you go. That counts. But I grew up there. Okay, so that's it for my news. What you guys got? Well, I got an email from Netflix today telling me that subscription rates are going up by a dollar a month. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I kept seeing posts about that. I haven't got that email yet. Yeah, so the regular sort of mid-tier pricing for that now is $14.99 a month. It was $13.99 a month. Mm. So Netflix is expensive of the streaming services. Yeah, and it's starting to, and weirdly for me, there is stuff on it I watch, but not nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, Yeah. me as well. I find the same thing, yeah. Disney I find Plus myself. And, de- go ahead. 
I just have to say, I find myself debating whether or not we should even keep it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm the same way. It's it, it. They seem to be, to their credit, I guess, they seem to get to that point where I'm like, ah, we should cancel it. And then one movie gets thrown onto it. Then I'm like, ah, one more month. <laughs> <laughs> or a show or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, We'll see where the rest of them go too. Well, Netflix is also the only one that doesn't um, allow for an annual subscription. Mm. You can't, you know, both Disney and uh, Amazon. If you pay for ten months, you get the next two for free, pretty much. You know, yeah, yeah, which is also a little bit to their detriment because they're Mm. not locking people in for a year. You can go month to month on it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no real reason why, like. I can't cancel it for three months. And then when that movie that I really want to see that Netflix is making shows up, then sign up for a month. Yep. True. Uh, Did you have anything else, Kevin? I did not. It was a pretty light news week. Yeah. uh, So this is some sort of unhappy news to a certain extent is uh, Warner brothers made further cuts in uh, their organization, including a bunch of DC staff. It seems this time the, the layoffs were more focused around the East Coast and uh, people with in the senior sort of positions or management. So we have like there's the biggest one out of the lot is we announced uh, quite a while ago uh, that two women were taking over the editor in chief position at DC. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, Michelle Wells, is one of the people who got let go. Oh, so they're down to to one, and the the like guys like Alex Carr, who's a group editor at DC, he got let go. Um, there is there's a uh, Stuart Trek who's. Uh, He's been like a sales manager at DC for like 21 years. Apparently, he got wow. let go. It's um, it's it, it's kind of like when you add that up with the staff that was let go during that first like quote unquote bloodbath. It's really curious to see where the company is going to be going. And. Uh, the other thing is, is that once again has brought up the rumors along with DC sort of getting rid of one of their distributors. The, the, there was two and now there's now one of DC maybe just getting rid of shipping stuff to comic shops and going direct market with just trades. So that, that rumor has popped up yet again. So we, we, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that news said sad news that made me think of the one la- other the one last bit of sad news that I didn't uh, I almost forgot to mention. Uh, Alex Trebek passed away this past. Yeah, yeah. that made me really sad. It's and talk about a work ethic on the guy. He was filming episodes up until ten days before he passed away. Yeah, yeah. he he'd filmed over. Almost nine thousand episodes of Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. the it, he's got the record, I think, uh, in Guinness mm-hmm. for like most consistent episodes by a single host or something like that. 
Yep. I don't know if it's specifically game show or not, but it's. He just seemed like an okay dude too. Maybe it's the you know the the Canadian in me just like ah he's one of us and yeah. It's from uh, Sudbury. Yeah, and he hosted game shows here and. Uh, interestingly enough, with one of our guests on episode number 100, I talk about the Alex Trebek with a person who is a game show host. So <laughs> just to uh, kind of bridge that one there a little bit and segue it. But, <laughs> Super yeah, cheese. So apparently uh, Trebek's last episode is going to be on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. They haven't said anything about replacing him, though, have they? No. no, the Jeopardy people. I oh, would yeah. imagine they looked at it because that, like, they've known this is coming for a while now. Yeah, and because, wait, he was eighty, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And they hired Ken Jennings to be part of the show. Um, you know, Ken Jennings who won yeah. eighty-five yeah. episodes in a row. Yeah. So he's now like, he like hosts specific questions he introduces specific questions um, i could see him slipping into the role of host but how is he as like i don't think he's charismatic enough yeah like as an actual host because that, that's kind of different than being like a player i have what? listened to the ken jennings podcast he's a pretty good podcast host oh okay i didn't even know he had one so yeah you, uh, he has a podcast with uh, it's with a, a rock star, like a, a guy who's got a band, uh, where they um, they talk about specific things in the world as if they were like archaeologists from the future. <laughs> what is it called? And I've read some of his books too. They're really funny. Oh. Well, maybe he would make a good host. Yeah. So I, I caught this topic on uh, talk radio uh, around lunchtime when I was I had to run out at work uh, for an errand today, and they were talking discussing this and some of the points they made about uh, choosing the host. It's like, what you know, you can't just have any old host come on and do it. Like, um, shoot, what was his name? The guy that hosts Dancing with the Stars and um, Tom Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. Yes. Oh, he's a, yeah. He's a great host, but not for Jeopardy. It's like the big thing with Trebek so was a friend of mine uh, on a friend of mine on a friend of mine on Facebook has put up a change.org petition to uh, try to get LeVar Burton as the host of Jeopardy. Ooh, he would be good. Yeah. And then with him, the point that I, they were getting at on the radio shows, you want the host to be someone that you think or that you feel knows the answers. Yeah. Right? Like Trebek, yeah. whether he knew the answers or not, watching it, you'd think if he was on the show, he would kick everybody else's ass on the show. Yeah. He probably wouldn't know. I'm sure he didn't know most of the answers. Maybe over the years he's picked up a few of them, but... Mm. I, but he doesn't need to know the answers. He has them in front of him. No, Exactly. But so, he always delivers it with such confidence that you're like, yeah, you feel like he's like intelligent he's like, enough no, to know this it. This is the answer, asshole. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other thing they mentioned was, is they, what they almost may want to do is pick someone to be the host who's not necessarily the, their number one choice because chances are whoever comes on next is going to bomb. 
Because yeah. they're the ones replacing Trebek. Right. So you bring in a filler host for like six months or something, and you know, maybe of course you want you want to pick someone who you you hope will do well. But if they don't do so great, then you can you know you can let them go. Then you bring in the person you really wanted to do it, and now they're replacing them, not mm. Trebek. Yeah, just like why a lot of people weren't happy with Drew Carey when he first came on to, or, uh, or maybe do like uh, weirdly like celebrity host Jeopardy, yeah. like do a season where it's like because it doesn't take long for them to film it. Bring in a couple different people and rotate them for the the entire season. Like have one yeah. guy do a week, have another guy do a week. Can even treat it as auditions. Yeah, and like, and and see how they do. Like, have Lavar Burton do a week and see how it fits. The only thing with Lavar Burton that I think would be kind of nice is like it it adds a a person of color to mm-hmm. the the game show world. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Wayne Brady hosting uh, Let's Make a Deal. Oh, what um, about um, um Family Feud? Yeah, I was going to say this. Oh, Steve yeah, Harvey. Steve Harvey. And Steve Harvey. Is he still the host of it, though? Yes, he right, is. Now he is, yeah. See, and, and that's a great example of he came on and he replaced the member um, member on uh, Home Improvement, Al, yes. on Dual yeah. Time, yeah. Al. Karn. He came on and replaced the, the longtime host and then didn't do so great. Nobody liked him. And then now the, you know, then he got replaced and now everybody likes him. Thanks, the host. The other... Um, a person of color that I can think of that's hosting a game show right now is Leslie Jones. She's hosting the revival of Supermarket Sweep. Oh, that's right, right, yes. right, right. Yep. So they're out there. Well, that's good. That's. It was just a, I don't have cable TV, and like game shows don't really show up on streaming. Yeah. No. Like Jeopardy was showing up here and there. Jeopardy's on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I watched a lot of old Jeopardy. I kind of binged it like a bunch of seasons. <laughs> and you can always watch game shows on YouTube. They don't seem to care if they if people put game shows up on YouTube. <laughs> well, because yes, game shows aren't great for syndication, really. No, for for reruns anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So the, the me and a future guest go. We it was weird. I just brought it up, and we ended up going pretty deep on on hosting possibilities in the game show world. It was, it was, it leads for an interesting chat. I had a terrible, a terrible thought that Uh Alex Trebek just had to outlast Sean Connery because of the (laughs) feud from Saturday, the celebrity jeopardy on Saturday night. I've been watching those too. Everyone's (laughs) like, they've been popping up on my YouTube feed. So I got you Connery. Yeah. (laughs) They're so funny. Which brings us to something else possibly funny. The Long Box of Doom. For new listeners to the podcast or who haven't caught one of these episodes before, we got from various comic shops um, a whack of comic books, just random issues. We handed them out more or less randomly amongst ourselves, and we're doing reviews on them. This this time, uh, they're all uh, number one issues. Uh I'm not sure where these ones came from, to be completely honest. Well, (laughs) I can tell you where where mine was at one time. Oh, where was it? There's a stamp on the board, 
And it was from Thunderbird Comics. Oh, I Comics. So th- this might be a batch that uh, Mark at Big B Comics and Barry gave us. Then. Oh, that would explain why they're from Barry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who's going first? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, considering go that first. my number one isn't a true number one. No. No. It was a preview issue. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, what, what did you, you get? get, Ryan? I got number one, Black Flag from Image Comics. Dan Fraga. Wow, so you actually, so you've heard of this before? I got to Google it because yeah, I, really, I don't even um, know. It is. Uh, it was part of Extreme Studios. Uh, Life yes, Elf. it is. It's Extreme Studios. Uh, creator oh. story art by Dan Fraga. Script edit and ed- script and editor is uh, Eric Stevenson. Lettering Kurt Hathaway. I kind of if this is the one that you got, I'm kind of glad I didn't get it. It's <laughs> got a, a purple monkey. Uh, sorry, purple gorilla in an army flak jacket on the cover. It's got a big muscle guy, a big boob muscle chick, and some big muscle kids. Is that the cover you're looking at, Jen? Big muscle kids. Hang on, I'll send it to you in the chat. Keep going. So, um, oh, so just, oh, is, and there's like a demon in the bottom corner. And there's a demon in the bottom corner. Yep. Is it that one? I'm opening it. <laughs> this is for a really good, no, really good podcast. Cover. Oh. No. No, that's not the cover that I. That's uh, yeah. It is an issue. It is issue zero, uh, one. Now it says issue zero. You said it was not a true issue one. I don't know no, how these things work. Well, it says issue one on it, but when I opened it up, because uh, on, me told me at the back of the book, there's actually a survey for you oh. to photocopy and send in that says what store shop, where where did you buy it, what's your favorite comics. Uh, the book is written uh, broken up into three chapters, so it's three short stories introducing, I guess, characters that oh, were going to be in. Um, in Black Flag, and so they did. What? Which one's your favorite characters? Uh, yes. Yeah, so right there, Jen. If you look at the link you sent me, yeah. Uh, the one that says Black Flag Preview Edition Number One. That cover. Yeah, that wasn't a very good link. That one, right? I don't know. You sent me a link. There's I the sent second you link. One. Okay. This one has pricing. How much is this worth? Oh, you can buy it right now for the low, low price of three dollars and thirty cents. <laughs> and we got it for free. <laughs> wow. Or there's a you can get it with a CGC at nine point eight for hundred and seventy five dollars. Why? Right, so is your final review going to be? Is this worth a hundred and? Oh, here's somebody on eBay selling it for seventeen dollars. Okay, we should go into the review. Yes. <laughs> okay, so into the review. Um, I was thrown off at first because. I wasn't expecting it to just be black and white, but I forgot that uh, that's what Image did with a lot of their co- comics in the uh, back there in the '90s. It was just black and white, uh, so it's fine. But uh, the fact that so the first story has these these two kids uh, being chased by like demons and other little monsters, and it's called uh, like the chapter is called Monsters, so that makes sense. But it's like. This little kid, you know, he's like all jacked up, like his fucking his legs. He's looked down. His, he looks like a He-Man action figure. So it kind of threw me off. And then you find out that it's a dream. 
But then even in the real world, he's still all jacked up. So it's like, okay, 90s comics. <laughs> um, second chapter has a, a giant a monkey that was getting, uh, oh, sorry, a gorilla that was being uh, experimented on that escapes from a lab. And then the third one has this like super duper sniper guy who has a bad dream that he, where he dies and wakes up. And yeah, it's a very 90s drawn book. I have a few issues with some of the uh, uh, the proportions, uh, perspectives, more perspectives of some of the way the people are drawn, uh, where it looks like they've got really, really short but really muscular arms that are bent in ways that shouldn't be bent. Maybe that's just me being a stick, you know, a stickler for kind of liking proper proportions in my people. Um, on the front cover which I believe the cover, if I'm reading it properly uh, from the signatures, is a McFarland cover. I, at first I thought maybe it was, a, uh, uh, it was that Rob had done it because I don't see any feet. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, not horrible, surprisingly enough. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would be uh, in, so inclined to look for this series to read it. Uh, I don't think it would, it would be my kind of comic. Um, if I was given another free copy to read, I'd read it, but yeah, I'm not running out anywhere to get it. So I was kind of curious what Dan Frag has been up to the last couple of years. Um, you actually own some of his most recent work, Ryan. I do. He was an artist on the He-Man multiverse, uh, series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, beyond well, that, he's done a lot of movie work, like. Uh, his, his drawing his drawing styles changed then because oh I'm yeah pretty sure uh, yeah if you look at some of these pages like page eighteen in this book is not uh, yeah it doesn't look like the stuff that was in He Man um but yeah and he uh, he recently brought back this creation as well he's uh, he's been doing some directing storyboard work on stuff like. Uh, Ever After High, Epic Winter, um, Polly Pocket. Ooh. He did a Monster High TV movie, apparently. And <laughs> uh, there apparently there was a version of the Ricky Gervais show that was animated. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he was a director on that, too. But, uh, yeah. Okay, so who wants There's to go some next? Cool splash pages and stuff in it too, but yeah. Oh, it's so nineties. Oh, it's so nineties. It hurts. <laughs> I can go next if you want me to. Sure. Uh, in a way, mine isn't a real number one either. <laughs> mine is, you know, when you just glance at the cover, it says "New Thunderworld Adventures," but when then you really look closely at it, it is "Multiversity: The New <clears throat> Thunderworld Adventures" by Grant Morrison and Cameron Stewart. Ooh. The cover I have, I have come to learn, is a variant cover, and it confused ah. me because the cover has. It looks like Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and Damage, and Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, and Green Arrow on the cover, none of whom appear in this comic. Oh, no. This is a Captain Marvel story, a Billy Batson Captain Marvel book. Basically, it takes place on Earth 5. Oh, I am not saying anything bad about this book. (laughs) This is a really fun 
comic book that shows you why Captain Marvel, the Marvel family, and the evil Savannahs are really fun characters who can still work in modern comics. Basically, the plot of this book, uh, you know how in DC, in the DC multiverse, comics are actually um, sort of... Uh, what's artifacts from other universes when co- people write comics they're actually tapping into actual events that have happened in other universes well savannah learns that there are other savannas in m- multiple uh, dimensions and so a, a the the multiverse squad of savannas ha- have are, have captured the wizard Shazam and are trying to take over Fawcett City and of course the entire Earth 5 universe and in turn the entire multiverse. Um, you've got the evil Savannah family, you know, uh, who Savannah's three children who, by saying his name, get variants on the Captain Marvel powers. The Monster Society of Evil shows up, the Lieutenant Marvels and Taki Tani. You know, everything that is part of the Shazamiverse is in this book. Shazamiverse. Uh, I love that word. <laughs> There, uh, there are the multiverse savannas include a snake version of Savannah, a Hannibal Lecter, I want to eat everybody version. Is a Savannah Lucha- a bad guy? Yeah, he's the evil scientist who's Captain Marvel's Lex Luthor. There's oh. even a, a Mexican luchador version. And of course, there's the Earth 3 Savannah, who's really a good guy, a Nobel Prize winning scientist with some personal problems. That's all. I don't know why you want to try to take over the multiverse. Uh, so it is just a fun balls to the walls, silly action, Captain Marvel story, bright colors, um, uh, grinning superhero fun book. That is what it is. It's a grinning superhero fun book. Awesome. Uh, so I, if you like Shazam, if you like Captain Marvel, this this book is great, and it ties into the multiversity event of 2015. There were two bookends, and then there were a bunch of, of one-shots that sort of focused on different uh, multiverses, uh, universes, through um, in between. And this is uh, the Earth-5 book. Did uh, Has Morrison ever really done a run on Captain Marvel of any sort? Like, not, he wasn't not, in his Justice League, right? I don't believe so, no. Yeah, because he really seems like a character that's prime for Morrison. Because we all love All Star Superman, which is great. Have All Star Superman with the built in weirdness of like that classic Shazam universe with like the talking tiger and and all that sort of stuff. Really feels like something Morrison could dig his teeth into for like a year or two. Oh, for sure. And this book has all that stuff too. There's like a t- there's a time quake in Fawcett City and cavemen and um, looks like dinosaurs and biplanes and Native American warriors all show up in the middle of the city and and of course intrepid twelve year old reporter Billy Batson is right in the middle of it. Um, it's it's just a fun fun book and it does sort of have an all star Superman feel to it but with the Marvel family. Mm. So. And there's some talking directly to the audience by Savannah because he knows he's in a comic. <laughs> it's uh, it's fun, just fun. All right. So uh, yeah, I would recommend New Thunderworld Adventures number one. 
Cool. cool. Jen, what did you get? Well, I'm glad that you got a good one, Kevin, because I did not. Uh. <laughs> um, I got uh, Phantom Force, and it came in its package, and it also came with a with a little trading card thing. So if anybody wants a, a trading card, card if anybody wants a trading card uh, from 1993 of Sensei, they could have it. Um, <laughs> But apparently, if I had kept it in its little baggy thing, it might have been worth $10 on this rarecomicbooks.fashionablewebs.com site. No, anyway. no it was it, it would have originally been bagged, Jen. What? It like came it, in a bag. Not bag. Like I had to no, cut it, the bag open. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just bagged and boarded. No, no, it was boarded, bagged and boarded, oh, too. And okay, then I yeah, took that, that out, and I was like, it's it was- in its other bag. And then I was like, should I open this? Is it valuable? And then I'm like, nah, it's probably not valuable. And I'm right. <laughs> this sounds familiar to me. So the cover's got one, two, three, four, five people on it. Uh, only th- three of them are in the actual uh, comic. And the main person in the comic isn't on the cover at all. So <laughs> I looked at this cover and I went, cool, it's like a superhero group. It's going to be like X-Men or something where they're going to have powers and they fight a guy and it's no it's like a martial arts comic um Mm. so it starts off with some i guess superheroes they're wearing skin tight outfits and they try to steal something and it doesn't work so then some guy with no eyeballs is like you failed also i'm not sure how racist this is i feel like it's pretty damn racist um but i could be wrong uh, so they decide that the superheroes failed, whatever the hell they're supposed to be doing. <clears throat> and then they decide to enlist this martial arts master named Jin Singh. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And at that, that point, I'm like, um... So, because first I thought he was a white dude, because he looks like a white dude. And then I'm like, his name is Jin Singh. And I'm like, oh, nope, he's not supposed to be white. And then he sort of looks Asian... And then he sort of looks white. And then he looks black for a couple of pages. And I'm so confused. And then he has a girlfriend who I, I think is also supposed to be Asian. But she looks black for most of it. And yeah, he wakes up and like they gas him. And he wakes up in like some temple. And they like changed him into a very stereotypical uh, caricature costume for an Asian kung fu superhero. With like basically just short pants, a vest, and a belt. Um. Yeah, and then I don't know what the plot is. They're trying to get a canister. He doesn't want to help them. He, they kidnap his girlfriend. That's it. Oh. That's the entire thing. Um, but there is a really cool panel in here of a th- guy for a different comic called Troll, and it looks like he would be um, Wolverine's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so, talking about the Liefeld Troll comic. If uh, Out of everything... I, I like this comic specifically for this one little page because it's kind of so, funny looking. So uh, the reason why it sounds familiar to you, Kevin, is this was the last thing Jack Kirby did. Okay. And it was for Image. It, was, it had started off at a different publisher, I believe, and then ended up at Image for whatever reasons. So I'm just reading up on it. I feel and, bad that this is the last thing that Kirby did. Yeah. So 
the weird part about this is the reason why Jen feels like it's you. I would say it's accurate to say you feel it's kind of like a mishmash of stuff that doesn't really go together or work together. Yeah. But yes. So chunks of this, the this parts with Jin Singh, those like I think it's seven to eight pages by the looks of things. It's the entire were, comic is okay. Jin Singh, except no, but, for the first like five pages. Okay, so without those pages, eight of those other pages were actually done in 1978. Ah, uh, that would explain were, the racism. Ah, uh, here, <laughs> here's where it gets a little bit interesting. They were for an unused Bruce Lee comic book. Okay, that explains <laughs> a, a lot now. Yeah, especially when you look at that character, it looks like Kirby trying to draw Bruce Lee. Yeah. I'll send you so, Yeah, it's... It's pretty much the last thing he did. And um, I think Phantom Force has been brought back, I want to say, by Dynamite a couple years ago. It's I don't even like... know what Phantom Force is. <laughs> yeah, who knows if they did. It's. Uh... I'm, I'm looking at the cover right now, and it seems to me, because this is a... So Jim or Jack Kirby... Um, guess before he died because he died before 1994 right like he was he was gone before this came out inks uh, by eric larson and jim lee and rob liefeld so you can see that oh, he, he died it. in february 94 so and, oh and, yeah. and todd mcfarland so lots of big name artists inked the kirby pencils but i'm looking at the logo for phantom force and it just looks like a ripoff of the x-force logo from from uh from Marvel. Yeah. It's, it's, well, yeah. I guess there's only so many ways you can draw the letters of the word force. Mm. <laughs> you can actually like practically see where the, what you said, the seventies comic ends and the other one starts. Mm. Now that I know that there's that transition, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really only like the seventies comic. I think they only use like three pages and then the rest of it. He, I guess he redrew. But those are the only pages where he actually looks Asian. Um, the rest of it, he does not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think just judging by reading about this project, I really think it would the reason why it ended up at Image was it was all those guys trying to help out their hero one last round. Yeah, yeah, and because Kirby also like owned this property, which he did not own any of the Marvel stuff he ever worked right. on. So and like you know, it, from a pure fanboy standpoint, for those guys, they got to ink Kirby pages. See, like, and I, I'm sure they all did that for free. I was very disappointed because I'm like, usually I get a really crappy comic when we do this, which is kind of the point. But this one, I'm like, oh, it's got like a superhero team on it. Cool. There's gonna be like magic powers and action. There's like, you know, guy with glowy eyes on the front and. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. And then it ended up being a Kung Fu comic. And I'm very disappointed. Yeah. So if anybody wants the uh, bonus pinup by Jack Kirby and Jim Lee in the back, <laughs> I will rip it out of this. <laughs> or the piece of, or the, the page that says Ginseng, Super Tiger of the Martial Arts. I guess that's another pin name. That's funny. Uh, this is not great. Okay. So yeah. That was my comic. So I am the last one to go. I got the first issue 
of Red Circle Comics Group's The Fly. Uh, <laughs> for those Ooh. who may not be aware, The Fly is part of a, a bunch of characters who were part of like the Archie superhero universe. They, there was The Fly, there was The Shield. Um, who else? The was Jaguar. Mr. Justice. Jaguar. Um, it, it's interestingly enough, a lot of the characters uh, were like Jack Simon and Joe Schuster worked on at at various points, and uh, including it in this particular run on the fly. One of the issues was written uh, at least one or two issues were written and drawn by Steve Ditko. Um, uh, this is this is like a weird sort of out of time superhero book. It's about, uh, I guess, when they they did this run of these superheroes, they were going on the idea of uh, all these crew. I think they're called. They were called the Crusaders. Yep. Had, uh, for whatever reason, been frozen in time or uh, had retired from being superheroes, and now they had just started up again. So it's the fly hasn't had superpowers for a while. He's become a successful lawyer and now he's gotten his powers back and he's fighting crime. And that's like literally kind of the plot. Cause he got a, like a, one of his villains from back in the day is broken out of jail and shoots him. And that's the, the end of the story. Um, the art is okay. Uh, it's drawn, drawn by uh, rich Buckler. Um, or no, oh no, sorry, James Sherman, who, if you look him up, he worked at, he was like a staple of 80s Marvel and DC books. Nothing spectacular, but a, a good solid hand. Uh, the story is pretty unremarkable, to be completely honest. I kind of like, I kind of dig the fly's costume it's yellow and gold or it's yellow and green and he has a weapon called a buzz gun <laughs> so it's you know it's uh it's interesting <laughs> but uh the uh it's there's nothing really to it there's no meat to it uh, in fact like half the comic is uh, backup stories for other characters of the Crusaders, like Mr. Justice. So there's Mr. Justice, and there's like I, I don't think it's the Shield, but the, it's a different Shield character. I don't Isn't know. It? I never yeah. read any of those books. I had one or two that I got out of one of those, much like this, one of those value packed. Uh, things when you get as a, we used to get as kids where it had like eight comics yeah for a buck 50 or something like that i had i, I want to say it was either shield or uh, crusaders book now the one thing i will give it is i really dug the cover and it turns out i when i opened the book i figured out why is it's a jim steranko cover to it uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a nice cover yeah it's pretty well done and it's like definitely very good steranko at that they, they must have chipped in a couple extra bucks. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess you could read it. I don't really see why. Um, <laughs> there, it's, it's weird. Those characters over the years, there has been 
so many attempts to bring them back, and they just never seem to stick. Right. Because DC used them, uh, tried to use them not too long ago. Right. Uh, sort I, of for it, a young reader's line. Yeah, and uh, I want to say J. Michael Stravinsky and Mark Wade were both working on those books, and nothing so. happened there. And But they isn't one of the characters was sort of used in Riverdale. I want to oh, say I that... think so. Yes. Sorry. One yeah. of the superheroes you mean? Yes. Well, he was a vigilante character, but yeah. Well, the, 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 you mean, was it the black hood? Yeah. Black hood, yes. He's part of that line of, of yeah, books too. The so. black hood was the murderer. The guy that was going around killing people and spoiler turned out to be, uh, Betty's dad. Ooh. Who was like a psycho killer? But uh, yeah, so uh, the the one kind of interesting thing about this is uh, Joe Simon, who was one of the co-creators of the book. Uh, he got the copyright to this back. Hmm. It, it was one of the books in 1999 when it came up. He applied for the the copyright termination, and he got the the character back. Hmm. So during Infinite Crisis, when those characters were under DC shingle for a while, mm-hmm. uh, they couldn't use the fly because Simon owned it and they didn't want to pay up for it. Mm. But they could use Fly Girl because she wasn't part of that copyright. She had been created after Simon had left the book. Mm. So, yeah. Um, overall, a big so three mess and uh, you should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing these some these though. It's a it's it's interesting. Like even going through it, I think even as a kid, I would have thought the the fly was dated. Like mm. just how it's drawn and the the dialogue used. Even in the eighties, I think I think it would have been a little long in the tooth. But now I like Speaking. doing the long box of doom just because it's fun to you know see what used to be out there. And I'm yeah. still hoping beyond hope that maybe I'll find a series I like. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet, but maybe. <laughs> I'm just glad I got a story, a, a comic that was self-contained. Like the whole story was in the book. Yeah. Mine was and, just a tease to future stories. Yeah, your, yours was very typical image. <laughs> yeah. For that time period. It's a really good snapshot of it. Because I don't think... I want to say there wasn't more than maybe six issues total of that that book when it finally did come out. Oh, really? And then, yeah, and it switched sort of publishers. That was around the same time uh, Liefeld left Image and started mm. up Maximum Press. So it floated over there for a while, and then Fraga and Liefeld had like a huge falling out. And like Fraga didn't draw comics for quite a while. He was doing TV stuff, so... Interesting. But, yeah. And if you would like us to do books for Long Box of Doom, feel free to send us free comics and mm. we'll throw them in the pile. We've still got more to go through, believe it or not. Oh, and if you want this if you want this Phantom Four Sensei card, uh email me your address. <laughs> <laughs> I will send it to you in the mail. <laughs> in the meantime. 
Geek Picks. Who wants to Geek go first? Pick. Who's got? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, so first, here's an update to last week's Geek Pick. Uh, last week's Geek Pick, or last episode's Geek Pick, was uh, TMNT Last Ronin number one. Uh, sadly, issue number two has been delayed and won't be coming out till late January now. Aww. So I figured I'd tell you that because I knew that you were looking forward to that as much as I was. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this book has been nothing but delays. Yeah, a little first bit. Issue. Well, but, COVID hasn't helped. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they changed artists before they started doing it too. And yeah. Anyway, um, on recommendations from Brent and other friends, uh, I have started watching Deadwood. Ooh, which is available really? on Crave to stream. Um, I am uh, seven or eight episodes into the first season, I think. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, I'm enjoying the hell out of it because it's got good actors and it's well done. And I don't mind myself a good old Western you know, period piece. So, uh, yeah, so I started starring Tim- Timothy Oliphant, who was in the first uh, episode of the season's uh Mandalorian. So, um, yeah, I decided to start watching that. So that's my geek pick. I I really am curious of your opinion on what is my favorite episode, or one of my favorite episodes of Deadwood when you get to it, because I don't think it's still season two. What, do you know what it's called? No, but have you met Wu yet? The the guy who runs the, the Chinatown portion of Deadwood? Not and, really. There's, there's, okay. there's been one Asian guy, and it's just whenever they decide to feed someone to the pigs. Okay, yeah, that's Wu. Okay. Uh, he uh, he also supplies dope for the saloon. Okay. There's a really good episode with, with him and Swergen in, in it. Um, a little bit of trivia note for you. Wu was the voice of Storm Shadow in the classic G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh, mm. cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm curious to see what you think when you get through it. I, I love me some Deadwood. Bits of it are problematic a little bit oh, now, yes. but it's not for the not yeah, for, for children. That's for sure. You know, it's oh. language. It's made. You know, uh, there is you know you got you know people acting on stereotype. You've got racism. You've got all kinds of different things because you know it's that period, and it's. It's written and acted, you know, people act as if they were in that period. Doesn't, you know, so there's no politically correct points of view, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, let, let me know what you think of it when you get through it. I, I'm really okay. curious. Who wants to go next? Oh, oh, go, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> um, so I'm slowly reading my way through pretty much all the manga at the uh, Toronto Public Library. Uh, thanks to my Kobo <laughs> and my friend's library card. Um, and so my latest one that I've been reading is called Dawn of the Arcana, or Arcana, however you want to pronounce it, by Ray Toma. And this is from, eh, tw- it ran 2003 to 2013, and there's 13 volumes. But anyway, so this is a manga about a princess with red hair, uh, which is uh, kind of like a mark of shame amongst these people because only the uh, the ruling kingdoms are only ever have black hair. Um, and I'm wondering if this is like a cultural thing with J- with J- Japan, now that I say it out loud. But anyway, um, red hair is the mark of a tribe that was destroyed because the, the king feared it. Uh, but she doesn't know that. So she gets forced to marry the king's son. 
Um, and then there's also this other race of like half animal, half humans called Anjin. Um, and they're very much discriminated against. So the whole plot so far, I'm only on like volume four, is um, this princess uh, Naka- Nakaba or Nakaba and her husband, who she's slowly starting to like, um, kind of working out their relationship, but also Nakaba trying to figure out her relationship with um, the engine and trying to come to terms with her power because she has the ability to basically see through time, which is kind of cool. Um, so I'm, like I said, I'm only like four volumes into it or three and a half. So I haven't really gotten into any main plots points yet, but it's really interesting. If you like kind of uh, fantasy, uh, romancy, shoujo type uh, manga, it's uh, a fun one to read. That's my geek pick. Very cool. I guess that means it's my turn. Yep. Yep. So I wish I could tell you that my geek pick was a graphic novel I borrowed from Hoopla the other day, and it was Brian Bendis's run on the Legion of Superheroes. As many long-term listeners might know, Legion of Superheroes is one of my all-time favorite comics from when I was a kid. I did not like this at all. They've changed characters just for the sake of change. They've changed characters' genders and racial mm-hmm. backgrounds and appearances. And uh, I just didn't care. Didn't care. Um, and The Legion is a book where you have at least 25 main characters. So uh, you've there's a lot to keep track of. And you need to make sure that they all have individual personalities if you want to make any of them interesting didn't live up to that standard in my opinion so that is not my geek pick my geek pick instead is a show that has been giving me comfort in these trying times if you like the great british bake-off may i turn your attention to amazon prime and best british home cooks it is a show in the mold of bake-off but instead of just pastries and cakes and breads it is entire hearty meals Every episode, they have to do a challenge like make your best burger or make your best pasta dish. And then the people who win that get to choose what the featured ingredient is in the next round. Would you like to use aubergine or mm. cheese? And then and then the judges choose who has to battle it out in the elimination round. And whoever loses that goes home. Um, I'm on episode five of series one. There are two series of it on Amazon Prime. It is gentle. It is fun. It's hosted by Claudia Winkleman, who is a gr- who you may have seen turn up on various British panel shows. She's quite funny yes. and quite lovely. One of the judges is British Bake Off's Mary Berry herself. So uh, if you like the sort of gentle, uh, heartwarming, everybody's in it because we want to make everybody better type of reality shows. Best British Home Cooks on Amazon Prime. Two series of it uh, there. That is my geek pick. Because <laughs> I like to watch people make good food. Sounds like something I would like to watch. I, I say go for it. It's pretty good. Cool. Alrighty. Brent, what is your geek picks? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> For once, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to go with. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, um, I'm going to go with a comic that uh, is sort of being added to my poll. And it's been a long time since I've uttered these words. 
Uh, I'm getting a regular Batman series. So uh, I picked, uh, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I picked up Batman, I want to say it's 101 that uh, had Grifter appear in it because I'm a Wildstorm fan, despite how cheesy and 90s those characters are. Um, but the the storyline of what's going on with Batman himself kind of intrigued me. So I picked up the next issue and I rather liked that. And I'm going to continue picking it up, but there's that um oh what what's the event that's going to be going on at the start of next year that's not that's 5G but not 5G? What's it called? Omniverse uh, Generation or... Next. Generation Next, yeah. yeah. So that's going to interrupt it. So I haven't quite added it to my poll yet. I'm just going to buy shelf copies for the first little bit. And, and see if that whatever that thing is is of any interest. But it's setting up Batman in like a cool scenario for a while. Uh, we all know that like this this stuff will end up being you know status quo at some point. But Bruce Wayne doesn't isn't rich anymore. He he's okay. He's been left with some money, but due to the events of Joker War, he doesn't have Bruce Wayne money anymore. <laughs> So it was all transferred uh, out of his accounts and then had to be transferred into Lucius Fox's accounts. And he has warned Bruce that, like, hey, I can give you all this money, but we're under a lot of government speculation and, like, surveillance. If they see me, like, transfer all that money into your account, everybody's going to know you're Batman. So it's Batman on a little bit of a budget. Like, if the Batmobile breaks or gets wrecked he can't just buy a new one he's got to fix the old one mm. so the 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 current series has introduced a new villain called uh ghost maker who seems to be there's flashbacks seems to be another kid who is traveling the world looking to learn from the best masters and who also become a vigilante except this one kills and he's a bit of a dick mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so, um, he has appeared, and it, it's intriguing to me. And it's been a while since I've read a regular in-continuity Batman book. The last one would have been uh, Grant Morrison's run from a, a number of years ago. So I'm going to go with Batman. Cool. Excellent. Next episode. Again, it's our 100th episode extravaganza. So the the main episode's probably going to be a little different than our regular episodes. Uh, we're going to hopefully have a friend or two. I've uh, I've talked to a couple people about joining us, like quote unquote live, and then we have a bunch of pre recorded stuff that's going to be in there. So it's it's going to be a real celebration of of the show itself because cool. uh, when we did started this podcast, it was very different than what we are doing today Mm. um and in many ways you can you see it all the time when somebody starts a podcast a lot like i'd say probably eight out of ten go for like 10 episodes and then people realize that you actually have to do it on a regular basis and put Mm -hmm. some work into it and then they just forget about it it's not worth it uh, we've managed to do a hundred episodes, which considering we do two episodes like a month and that's it is 
pretty awesome in my mind. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm kind of looking forward to celebrating that. Like, and we have a spinoff show with uh, Sailor Snacking. Yeah, which is something, show. Which is something I never thought we would do. So. I'm a spinoff. <laughs> I'm a spinoff. Yay! <laughs> So yeah, it's it's going to be a kind of a, a fun little get together virtually, unfortunately, but um, but uh, I'm looking forward to to piecing it all together. Fun, and, uh, yeah. Until yeah. then, you can find us on True North dot True North Nerds dot com. Um, oh, Kevin, uh, how's the uh, Star Trek show? Is still going strong? Where can still going find that? strong? Uh, Galaxy class. A Star Trek The Next Generation podcast episode 15 comes out. Uh, well, it'll be out already as you listen to this. Uh, it was our latest Batleth battle. The episode, uh, the episodes that went head-to-head were All Good Things, the series finale, versus Conspiracy, the season one episode with the little bugs that take over people's bodies. So that was quite the interesting discussion, and I won't tell you how it turned out. Um, so that's great. And then Stage Whispers, the uh, local theater podcast I do, we are recording episode six of that this weekend, and it will be out. Um, it will be out as you listen to this. If you listen to this when it comes out, it'll, it'll be out this Friday. So lots of podcasts going on in my little corner of the podcast averse. Jen, Cellar Snacking is still going strong. You're you're almost at the end of your recording schedule for season one. Uh, actually, we are at the end of our recording schedule for season one. Oh, so okay. we have officially recorded uh, all of season one of Sailor Moon, um, and I'm just pulling up the sheet to tell you what episode's going to come out next time because I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, we just released. It was great. I listened to it. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, we just released episode 13. Uh, so on, uh, if this is still correct, on November 23rd, we should be releasing episode 14. Um, and uh, yeah, we're uh, figuring out what we're going to be doing for uh, Sailor Snacking Season 2. I think what we're planning on doing is we're going to take a bit of a break because uh, the last, the episode we just recorded isn't going to be released now until March of next year. So, oh, you know, we, we have a couple months where we can just chill. But I think what we're going to do is watch season one of Sailor Moon Crystal and then kind of compare season one of Sailor Moon Classic to season one of Sailor Moon Crystal. Interesting. But you can always follow us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. And for me, there's this show. Um, I've got no guest appearances coming up on anybody else's show. But if you like uh, industrial or goth or weird uh, alternative music, uh, tune in to 89.1 Max FM every Thursday night at 9 p.m. My show, The Dark Side, still going strong after a couple months. Um, special note, I would recommend that everybody listens to the uh, Christmas Eve special because um, <laughs> my show is going to be on Christmas Eve and it's going to, believe it or not, it's going to be Christmas music, but it's going to be my Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, as well, I got confirmation today. It looks like I'm uh, tentatively I'm going to be doing their uh, 89.1's uh, morning show for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So cool. like they're, they're going to pre-record it because, you know, 
it's nobody wants to be working on Christmas Day, but uh, it, it's uh, I should be going in uh, in the near future and recording some stuff for that. So if you've uh, if you have if you want some cool stuff to listen to on Christmas as opposed to Bing Crosby, which I shouldn't say that I like the Bing Crosby stuff, but Aww. you can you can listen to eighty nine point one Max FM and I will be there. I like listening to you on the morning show because inevitably uh, you get teased about something. <laughs> and then I usually end up laughing. <laughs> in the meantime, thank you very much for listening and come back in two weeks for episode 100. Fireworks, explosions, confetti, yay. Laser guns. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, Please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. 